0: Welcome to the Zanbergen Report, where wealth strategies and pop culture collide. Featuring your distinguished host and certified financial planner, Bart Zanbergen. Welcome to our show of dream chasers and wealth makers. We are thrilled to be back in the studio today with a new episode of the Zanbergen Report. I'm proud to bring in the movers, shakers, and difference makers who are passionate about sharing what they have learned and what you need to know today.
1: I'm really excited to be in studio today with Jonathan Sparling. Thank you for being on the show.
2: Thank you for having me, I appreciate it, Tish.
1: Yeah, so what's super exciting about what we're talking about today is we're going to be talking about education and a lot of parents talk about education but they don't really have a whole lot of specific plans in mind and what we're talking about today is different tools and resources for being able to fund an education for your children and so um, we have you on the show today just to kind of talk about you know different platforms that people have access to and what you guys specialize in. And so maybe you can just share a little bit about um, with the audience, um, a little bit about your background and kind Mm -hmm. of why you got into this and then a little bit about um, your company. And then we can kind of go into some, some details from there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, again, my name is Jonathan Sparling. Uh, My background, interestingly enough. So I started my career working on a college campus in a financial aid office. And so many of you listening, obviously your clients are going through this or you went through it yourself for your children. (laughs) And um, so I worked really helping families and guiding them through kind of the end of that process, how they're gonna pay the bill and get their child to campus. And while I was there, Part of my role was also to work on financial literacy, financial education initiatives for students. And so after I left higher ed, went and worked a few nonprofit organizations. And some of the work that we actually did was working with families earlier in the process, helping them understand the college planning and saving process. Um, And now the organization that I work with is uh, called College Well. And so we are a um, a, a destination for uh, families to learn all about planning for college, saving for college, and paying for college. And we do this by bringing in experts, uh, financial advisors, to talk through some of the nuances of saving for college, Um, but we also bring in experts from colleges and universities to talk about admissions financial aid um, helping families helping clients kind of understand all those nuances and so college well is our parent brand and our savings product is uh, called private college 529 plan And so obviously we'll talk about some of the vehicles saving for college and how uh, your clients can save but um, our Again, our, our company name, our education brand is called College Well, um, and our savings plan is called Private College Five to Nine plan, which is actually a prepaid 529 plan uh, that works with almost 300 private colleges across the U.S. So I'll stop there and, and we can.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. So some comments I wanted just to share in general is your background is absolutely fitting, right? We talked yeah. about that before because I feel like that brings a humble element to it. You're seeing what the families are going through. You understand the pain, you understand the, the struggle, but just being able to be a guide through this time frame it's super important for people to understand what that is. So I think that in my opinion, you are so perfect for this role and being able to understand that. Um, the second thing is, is, with understanding the financial aid, you understand mm-hmm. when you're there, you know that people don't necessarily have that guided plan. And so I love what you guys are doing with the company now, and you're educating people. and your your baseline is really making sure that people have um, a lot of resources and tools. Mm-hmm to be able to make the right decision that fits their specific family's goals and needs. And so that is, in my opinion, fantastic because um, really, you know, everyone has their own agenda, but at the end of the day, you're there to really advise people and bringing in like the people who are um, resources like advisors, yeah. like ourselves we're the people who are chatting with right. the families, right? So they come to us and ask these questions. And if we don't know, it's a great resource for us to be able to say, you know what, why don't you check this out? And then also another thing to consider is um, another thing to consider is what you, you guys are doing is bringing in these professionals in the, in the schools. Um, that element alone is huge because a lot of times people don't know what the schools are looking for. And it's not necessarily um, has to be incredibly specific, but it's a general Mm -hmm. process of being able to give them a direction so that way that their family goals are in line with what schools are looking for.
2: Right. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, you nailed it. It's, it's really about, you know, there's, expertise in a a lot of different areas, right? (laughs) Across in in a wide range of industries. And so what we're trying to do is exactly what you said. It's, can we be a hub? Can we be a resource for both uh, advisors and families to both kind of share their knowledge and or connect with folks that might have a little bit of an insight into things that perhaps they're not an expert in? And the great thing about using the member institutions that are part of the plan, so that's kind of the experts that we work with, is that many of them have been doing this work for a significant amount of time.
0: Yeah.
2: They have familiarity not only with the higher education industry, obviously, their own institution, but many of the folks that we feature as as experts on our platform are a little more senior level, and so they're you know connected with others in the industry. They speak at conferences and they just, they know kind of the inner workings. And so we want to be able to share that information uh, with families because, you know, we truly believe that's their expertise. And so uh, let's, let's allow families to hear directly from them.
1: I love that. I love that. And just being that tool alone is something that people should know about and to be able to connect with you. So again, at the end of the show, I'm going to ask you how people can get a hold of you. But I feel like just that alone is like that resource is what a lot of other schools are, or people just don't know where to go. And so providing that direction is a huge help and, and resource. So um there's that. The other thing is I kind of wanted to peel back the onion a little bit. Yes. We talked about this before, is what are options for people? I mean, and I know, you know, we do this for a living and we help guide people, but what about the people listening? What are some of the options that people can use for mm-hmm. planning for education for their children? And then I'll I'll throw out some ideas yeah. as well.
2: Yeah, no. So, so excellent question. So, you know, when it comes to planning from a, from a savings standpoint, obviously yeah. we want to make sure that folks are familiar with 529 plans, right? So tax advantage, powerful savings tools.
1: And what Um, is a 529 plan?
2: Yep. So 529 plan is a tax advantage uh, college savings program that was really designed to help families save for college expenses. Now, in recent years, they've expanded the use of funds to include uh, use for K through 12 education, a portion for that portion for student loan repayment. But the idea behind 529 plans was to create a tax advantage savings vehicle to help families save for college. And, and really, for, they yeah, go ahead. Yeah.
1: Sorry, I was just going to interrupt. The one thing that people can relate this to if they don't know, there's a lot of options out there. But if you don't know what a 529 plan is, it acts and feels like a retirement plan because of the tax advantages, right? So you're being able to to put money in this account after taxes and let it grow while your kids are younger and let it continue to develop. And then when they go to college, the account essentially could be larger and it could have growth and I'm being compliance neutral here. So let's just be general with that comment. But the whole goal is to be able to have money. It's a good savings vehicle to be able to later on then pull money out. And as long mm-hmm. as it's used for college tuition and college criteria, homes or like housing and um, and like books and and tuition, that kind of thing, then they don't have to pay the taxation mm-hmm. of the growth of that investment. So that's a really big like tax advantage mm-hmm. that um, you can apply to the savings element
2: right right yeah it's it's really those it's that you know that tax free growth that tax free withdrawals you were saying as long as it's used on those qualified education expenses and the great thing about 529s is that they they seem to continue to get better right and so the options associated with 529s in terms of what counts as a qualified expense since they you know were established in kind of the late 80s and really kind of came into fruition in the 90s, they continue to be uh, just more advantageous for savers
1: uh, yeah. for families,
2: which I think is which is truly incredible. And so yeah. um, you know, with 529s, it's that your traditional 529 savings plan, which acts very closely like a Roth IRA, like you were saving, like you were saying. And then on another option with 529s are prepaid plans. And so Prepaid 529s are a little fewer options out there. Those, many of them are state-based. And so states uh, will offer these prepaid 529 plans to save for the state institutions. A um, little more rules with those. You have to be a state resident. State. Our plan earlier would fall in that that prepaid category.
1: So maybe you can explain hmm. like a couple things um- explain that a little bit more and I'm going to mm-hmm. explain an example of like when a parent might come to me and say hey sure. gosh, what are what when would this be beneficial so for example say you have a family member that um wants to give through their estate and they want to say let's use like a grandparent my grandparents they're like hey i want to give to your children's education i just want to do a lump sum i want to give you a one-time payment this is when something like that can happen when they're younger and then they're putting money in and they're able to take maybe like do some tax strategies tax advantages on their side and then they're being able to kind of give that payment to their grandkids in the beginning That's in my opinion that's when I've seen it the most common or for example another good use of that is like say you're inclined and you sold a business Mm -hmm. and so um, you're, you have a bunch of extra cash flow in one specific year and a bunch yep. of extra money coming in. And then you're like, hey, I want to allocate this for the kiddos. This is another great tool to be able to do that. So that's when it, it's an advantage. And I kind of like to use yep. real world examples of like when you would actually mm-hmm. utilize the different types of saving options. So go ahead right. and jump in if you want to explain a little bit more. Sorry for me jumping in there.
2: No, I think you're exactly right. I, you know, for, for many families, they're, if they are utilizing the 529 plans and they're choosing to use both, um, they're probably gonna use that as a balanced approach, right? And so you have your traditional 529 savings or investment plan, that's something you're perhaps contributing to every month if you can, kind of auto contribution, you're investing that in the market and you're kind of working with or dealing with the ebbs and flows. And then on the prepaid side, We do see a lot of folks that are making kind of a lump sum contribution, prepaid essentially meaning that you're, and the flavors are a little bit different between the plans, but essentially you're purchasing tuition credits or units at today's rates to use in the future. and So that's kind of the advantage of prepaids
1: so i'm going to pause you for that so people don't understand what that is i'd like you to explain that what that means maybe and give me an example maybe a local school here could be like a ucla or usc can you explain maybe one of those in that example what what you're what you mean by that
2: yeah absolutely so let's let's take um one of the schools within our plan um and so we actually work with uh so again Private College 529 plan, we work with about 300 private colleges uh, across the US. And so one of the schools in our plan is actually USC. And okay. so our Great. family could, uh, conceivably, if they have a, a newborn or whatever age their child is, they could open an account with us and they could start contributing to their account. And whatever amount they contribute is going to lock in a percentage of tuition and fees at. USC, that's the school they're planning for their child to go to, but also any other school in the plan. And so the advantage of the prepaid is that you're essentially locking in the tuition at today's rates to protect against tuition inflation. Right. Um, and so it's a really powerful tool for someone who uh, is looking to take a little bit of the planning work out of, um, well, excuse me, take a little bit of the guessing work, a little bit of the risk out of um, planning for college. It's also a really powerful tool if you think about, and you said this earlier, for a grandparent that's looking to make a lump sum contribution or help their grandchild save for college, the really nice thing, one of the advantages of 529s is that not only is it excluded from the grandparents' estate, They actually retain control. So even though it's excluded, they retain control of the fund. So it's just a really um, it's a flexible savings tool and it's something that if clients are thinking about, okay, how can I how can I put a sum of money in a place and know that I'm tracking tuition inflation and protecting against that a prepaid plan can be be a really powerful thing.
1: Exactly, so I think something that a parent could maybe just take in consideration, and one thing you you mentioned, and I wanna just break down, like there's so much packed into what you're saying, and so I'm just gonna break it down one more thing, is this, so let's assume UCL, and I don't know the dollars today, so I'm just gonna Mm -hmm. throw out a random dollar, let's assume that it's $30,000 to go to school for USC today. And so what you're saying is you're you would essentially you're locking in the cost of today's dollars and you're buying credits for them to go at that particular time when they go to school. So you're locking in that cost today's dollars versus on average, you think, you know, what you're paying for education today will probably continue to go up. We don't know for sure what the future is going to be. It'll change. But historically, historically, the cost of tuition has gone up each and every year and it's a big number at the end of the day for your kids. So if you're thinking about that, if you have the opportunity to do it when they're younger, you could potentially lock it in at a lower cost. And so on average, maybe you can give our listeners a kind of um, a thought behind it is on average, what's, what's, do you know what the growth rate is each and every year? I think I have a range, but you might know for sure.
0: Yeah. So,
2: you know, our average what we've seen over the past 10 years to an increase at all of the schools in our plan. Now again, this is going to be I
1: yeah just in general.
2: Yeah. yeah So about between three and a half and four percent per year. Okay. And so um, again, that's average across all institutions, so some will be higher, some will be lower. right? Now you can probably imagine as we're seeing across the entire, you know kind of broader spectrum, We've seen prices, uh, tuition increase go up slightly more uh, over this past year uh, for the 22, 23 academic year, uh, just you know, kind of inflation concerns trickling down yeah. to colleges. And so I would imagine that will continue. Uh, certainly we can't say for sure, but you know, you you kind of, it's exactly what you said. It's you're able to plan, look at, all right, here's what the cost is today. If i've got a kid who's a newborn five years old ten years old whatever it might be i can make a lump sum now and you don't have to lock in the whole amount because again whatever you contribute it's the same proportion uh, same percentage basis to really help you uh, plan for any rising costs
1: i love it okay so there's a lot of different tools out there and i'm going to just throw out there just something for you to consider so if you're let's just use another example if you're just going to And you're like, you know what, Tish, I don't have a plan. I hear this all the time. I don't have a plan in place. And for now, I'm going to just continue to save for my kids' college education. So what they can essentially do is they can put money aside in an investment account and they can let it grow over a period of time. Each and every year, if it's not in a retirement vehicle and it's not in a vehicle like a 529 or a credit purchase program, then what happens a lot of the time is there and there's a couple other plans out there as well i want to say but mm-hmm. education specifically if you're just doing in a taxable account saying hey tish i want to open up a brokerage account want to invest mm-hmm. and i want it to grow and over time i'm going to use that money towards my kid's education plan well things to consider is one is then you have to um you're going to pay anytime time you you're making money let's say on a dividend you pay dividends each year for a calendar year for the income that it's grown and then mm-hmm. in addition you have to when your kids are going to school you have to then sell it and then when you sell it it's called a capital gain and mm-hmm. so then you're having to pay additional taxes so say you think you have enough money saved in an education account or in sorry in an account you mm-hmm. have to factor in now there's taxes to be paid and then you're subject to where the market is at that particular time so those are additional factors you just need to mm-hmm. at least consider well, if you're yep. not going to go down like a, a prepaid or a educational saving strategy. It's absolutely doable this other way. There's just advantages that we're talking about here that can help you with the big picture when you're being um strategic with your investments this is something that people consider so that's another reason why i want you everyone to know like you can just save and you can let it grow over time that's an absolutely viable tool people do it all the time there's just other also tools out there that people can utilize so right jonathan what else what else do you want to add to that or maybe you can kind of just talk about like some stories and and something i'm going to ask another question about yeah something else in a minute, but just in general, what else do you want to add so far that you feel like that we need to add in general?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, you know, I, a couple of things I would add to, you know, talking about other ways to save absolutely, you know, brokerage account, you know, beyond the 529s, uh, Coverdell's, which are another option to save, income yeah. limits, uh, the nice thing about 529s, there's no account owner income limits, and right. so One can save. Coverdell's, there's some limits. Is also uh, the contributions that you can make per year are much lower uh, than mm-hmm. 529s. Also, UGMA, UTMA accounts. Uh, the one one of the disadvantages of those accounts is that they are actually counted as a student asset on the financial aid form, and right. so. That's just something to be aware of. Um, speaking of the financial aid form, you know, another thing I'll talk about uh, when it comes to saving. And we hear this often and, you know, we hear this from a planning perspective. When you complete financial aid forms or when the family completes financial aid forms, uh, this would be in senior year before their child goes into is applying to college.
1: right?
2: A lot of times when we would hear this, well, if I save, it's just going to negatively impact my ability to qualify for financial aid. Right. And we would hear that often. We would hear that often. And the reality is that's just not uh, true. You know, there is, when when you fill out the financial aid formula you fill out the FAFSA for the CSS profile, it is going to ask you, it's going to ask the parent about any assets that you have in your name. You will have to report the value of 529 accounts and any other brokerage checking savings. But the percentage that it counts towards your what's called the expected family contribution, basically what you're projected to pay is going to be a very small percentage capped out at about 5.64%. And so the takeaway, if you forget the 5.64 and all that, the takeaway is it's much more advantageous to save earlier and often versus any type of impact there might be uh, when it comes to qualifying for financial aid. Because even if that does count on your, towards your ability to pay, many schools are not looking at their cost of attendance and subtracting how much you can pay and awarding you the difference. They are expecting you to pay some additional funds as well. And so saving, saving often, saving ahead of time. Don't think that that's going to have a huge impact on your ability to qualify for financial aid. So that's one of the tip
0: that I'll add there.
1: I'm going to add one more thing I'm going to ask you and you might be more familiar with. So you alluded to it in the beginning, but I want clarification. So when you're opening like these traditionally 529 plans, so when I say you, I'm going to just use myself as an example. I would own it. I am the parent. I own yep. it. I am the owner of the account. My children are listed as a beneficiary. So they're the ones that get it. And if they, when they're going to, to school. Mm-hmm. So that being said, is it goes, falls under my for the financial aid, my financial right. responsibility, but you were saying for the UTMAs, right. We call mm-hmm. them UTMA's, UGMAs. Yep. Um, so those are under the children's name. And so I think that's what you were also alluding to is if it's under the children's name and the children have to indicate how much money they own or their assets, that does go negatively against them when they're saying, how much money do I have for education? They, they have a higher, it it shows that they actually have some money.
2: Right. It's, it's essentially, it's that that same as I was saying, you know, the 5.64 for parental So that's app, how it's, it's, it's higher when it's a student asset. Right. That's that's what it is. It's about you know in the 20% range. So yeah, it's
1: that's important, important for people just, to know because yeah. if then if you set it up and it's under the student's name and it's at this 20% level mm-hmm. that it's, it's saying, Hey, you have a hundred, let's just use a hundred thousand dollars as a number, random number mm-hmm. that you have. Now it's saying based on um if when you're filling out these FAFSA, Qualifications, Mm -hmm. if it's saying the kids have more money in their name, that negatively affects them for going to college versus um, it could potentially, right? Versus if it was in the parents' name, the parents are the owners of these accounts, and then the kids are the beneficiary. So, Just something to think about in, in taking in consideration when you're setting up these and understanding the pros and the cons and understanding how it affects them specifically in each part. Because, one, there's some that are tax advantage for certain areas and it helps benefit in a ta- tax strategy. But then it depends on the objective. Right. If the objective is college or school, school needs, then then they need to know that it might necessarily negatively affect them on the FAFSA form. And that is super important because everyone has to fill it out no matter where you are financially, typically. Mm -hmm. And, and sometimes some schools, depending on your net worth or your, your income is they'll still give or they'll still award certain areas. So it's something just to have in the back of your mind of like, we don't know where we're going to be, let's say in 18 years, right? If you're just having a child now, but essentially this is something to take in consideration over time.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Okay. So I have another question. It comes up a lot for, for families in general. So when you are, let's say I have one child or I have two children Mm -hmm. and I start a plan with one child, um, how does it work if I was going to use like a prepaid program? How would it work if I'm like, you know what, I want to, can I split it amongst other kids or say something is like. I only have this amount of money and I wanna allocate it now for credits. How does it work if you have more than one child? Can you shift it? I know I'm gonna talk about 529s and how it affects people in that regard, mm-hmm. but something to consider, should they set them up for all their kids? Like, should I have multiple accounts? What, what would you advise a parent?
2: Yeah, so typically for uh, parents, we will advise it's, uh, so account, it's it's one account under one beneficiary is the structure of, of 529 okay. accounts. Okay. And typically, that's the path that most folks will follow. Now, what I will say is that if the one of the nice things, about again, speak about flexibility with 529, is that as the account owner, you can change the beneficiary at any time.
1: So if my son decides to go to trade school and not go to a traditional four, four-year university, we can shift it from my son right. to my daughter if I want
2: Exactly. Absolutely. And so and in ne- the definition of a family member uh, is fairly extensive as well. Now, most of the time it's another sibling, but, you know, it, ex- it, it extends a little bit. And so if you're feeling really generous and you wanted to do someone, you know, in, in the family, it's it, it's got a good uh, it's really flexible in nature. So um, typically we will see, you know, if there's two kids, uh, the parents will set up have you know, two accounts and make contributions but uh, you can change that beneficiary at any time which is which is really great
1: yeah this is good okay so we're running low on time and i want to be able to make sure yeah. that um is there any final thoughts or any stories you want to share anything um that you want to make sure the audience knows and hears about um our conversation today
2: yeah so you know just in general kind of with education planning and and what to think about I think for parents it's you know it's really important no matter where you are obviously if you're your students are younger if your children are young you have a little more time with the runway but it's quick um and so i would say that you know when you have young children you have competing financial priorities yeah you can open an account at 529 if you can start saving if you can do those auto contributions kind of set it and forget it you can really set yourself up with some good behaviors uh, and that savings can add up so i would say that uh, for for really any folks, but especially the earlier you can start the better. Um, as you get closer to kind of thinking about colleges and doing the college search and the list, make sure that you're developing a kind of a wide ranging list, both reach academically, uh, reach financially, um, and I'll talk about that in one second. And then also kind of different areas of the country. I think that's that's important, um, you know, to have a well-rounded list when it comes to that. Kind of putting rubber to the road that education yeah. planning and then finally don't necessarily exclude applying to an institution because solely of the sticker price right because mm-hmm. we do a whole other episode on, on this but the sticker price is not what many folks actually pay what yeah. they pay is the net price because after discounting which could include grants and scholarships so it's just so the- important yeah
1: yeah yeah that's so great well um, I think we're almost done with time. So I wanted to thank you for being on the show and how can people find you? Yes. Or, and I, and I know, and I know just in general, like when
2: yeah.
1: we originally found each other is through Forbes and, and mm-hmm. both of us contributing towards Forbes yep. and like educating people in general about great content. And um, I just want to be able to make sure people know all the different places that they can find you guys.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So you can find us collegewell.com. That's our um, that's our website. And uh-huh. you'll see some really great resources. Again, we kind of bring in those expertise those experts to talk about all topics related to planning and saving for college. Uh, we're on Twitter, uh, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And then if you'd like to go directly to the plan page, again, College Well, our consumer brand. But if you'd like to learn more directly about Private College 529 plan, you can go to privatecollege529.com. You can also get there directly from collegewell.com. So I'd start with collegewell.com. That's kind of the landing page. If you'd like to sign up for our newsletter, you'll see about upcoming webinars and things that we do. So, um, and then I'll just throw my email out there, jonathan at pc529.com. Feel free to reach out to me directly. Always interested in talking with folks.
1: Yeah, and I would also say one last thing is um, your financial advisor, much like myself, should also be making introductions to people like yourself to give options and give tools, not necessarily just one path. I feel like everyone has a different objective. So um, also lean into your financial advisor and they should be reaching out to to someone like a Jonathan. And if not saying, hey, if you're listening to this, ask them and being like, hey, why don't, you know? can you share with me about a little bit what this looks like for my specific situation? And then they can kind of help guide you to once they know a little bit more about your details as well, too, to, as a resource. Absolutely. So. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on the show today. I appreciate it. And um, this has been a, a pleasure and I really appreciate Um, all the tools that you've been able to provide. I think a lot of times this gets very confusing Mm -hmm. when it comes to educational planning and people don't know. And it's kind of, if it's overwhelming. A lot of times people might not do it. So this is a great tool for you to be on here today and just sharing about the different options and kind of the differences between each of them. And then that way people can kind of take a step back and and learn and, and figure out what makes sense and reach out when it, you know, they're like, Hey, this might make sense to me. So awesome.
2: Thank you for the time, Tish. Appreciate it.
0: Tune in next week for the latest edition of the Zanbergen Report, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Catch up on our recent shows by visiting podcast.bartzanbergen.com. The Zanbergen Report is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio and Spotify. Interested in being a featured guest on our show or have a question you'd like to hear us answer? Email podcast at bartzanbergen.com. The contents of this podcast episode do not constitute an offer of securities or a solicitation of an offer to buy securities and may not be relied upon in making an investment decision related to any investment offering Access Wealth Management LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Access does not warrant the accuracy or completeness of the information contained herein. Opinions are our current opinions and are subject to change without notice. Prices, quotes, rates are subject to change without notice. Generally, investments are not FDIC-insured, not bank-guaranteed and may lose value.